This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! the venerable abbot dave back on the pod hello dave what a privilege to be back on it hello oh. how are you hope you're well nah nah i've just spent <laughs> as, as i've as i've ranted to you dave uh, i've just spent the last 100 minutes trying to get my little boy to sleep um and i think after about 45 minutes he was just mocking me um which <laughs> mostly deserved i suppose but here we are we we finally got there uh, yeah, i bet me and my wife have just spent the last three days um taking some annual leave off but sending our daughter to the childminder still which put another way we've spent the best part of 150 pounds to be able to relax in peace in our own home for three days <laughs> so Amen. i do I feel your pain, yeah. Cost of living crisis means <laughs> nothing in your house. <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie, dearie me. So Swindon Town. So we're, we're recording on Zoom. So uh, sound quality isn't going to be as red hot as we would like or mediocre as we would like. So do forgive us. But, you know, Dave, my plan for this summer, once pre-season had started, was to pod pretty much as and when something of note happened. And I just sometimes feel that Swindon Town is taunting me. Yeah, you'd think we'd um, we'd be on a bit more of a regular schedule by now. But um, it has been, it's been, a, it's been a slow, slow dog summer, hasn't it? It's been a slow dog summer, but one that I can deal with. And I'm sure we'll talk about why people are frustrated that it's so slow. But here we are, and um, hey, we, we, we've got a new kit. The, the Away kit was launched this week to wide acclaim. I know, it's, um, it looks really smart, I thought. Um, definitely up there in, in regards of one of the best kits, or the better kits we've had in recent years. Um, disappointing lack of any Swindon motif embroidered into the hemming of the kit, but we could have had that. Um, the great blondinis 
um, on the on the lower back, perhaps. But maybe that's one to consider for next year. We had that landmark in Brussels on on the home kit. Maybe we could have had the statue of that little kid peeing on the away kid, just to keep that <laughs> that Belgium flavour. Yeah. One of keep, the better phrases. Uh, yeah, reaching out, reaching out overseas, uh, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, no, it looks good. A um, little bit like a uh, like a like a T twenty kit, um, mm. but. That's not a not a bad thing necessarily. I think it looks smart. Yeah, a T20 kit of a nation that you know fought and died for a wee bit hill and glen. It's very Scottish. Rob Angus <laughs> has stuck his name all over that. Green and white last year, Scotland colours this year. I I I, I see what he's up to. I see what he's up to. <laughs> yeah, not not too transparent. Yeah, my my permit still looks like peppermint every time my my. You know, learning difference brain processes that sponsor. I, I just see peppermint every time. Yeah, it is a bit naff, isn't it? But... <laughs> I didn't say it was naff. I said it's <laughs> my, my, my brain fails to process it. That's all. Okay. Well, I'm saying it's a bit naff. In Puma era terms, is this our best template yet? Apart from the bespoke ones Ooh. that Lee Power left us? I think so. Possibly. Yeah. I think. I did. I was quite a big fan of the um, the one with the 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 old S badge. Mm, yeah, that's number one. That's number like one. The, I did like the pinstripe affair, but yeah. I think this is definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah. See, look at that happiness. <laughs> happiness. All good. Okay. Well, there we go. Thumbs up on the away kit. I don't think my thumbs are up for the home, and we've got a third kit to come. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that we'll be. Get the drone ready for some September launch of some kind, I imagine. All the energy levels in this pod are off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> um, the club, moving on, spent great... Uh, went to quite unusual lengths to give us an update on the inner framework of Swindon Town's staff lists uh, this week. Probably... I don't think it's crazy to say to shut some fans up in terms of, you know, people constantly listing what isn't, uh, what role hasn't been filled. And it, it, well, they've been busy, haven't they? So first they gave us a taste of the restructure of the youth setup. Plenty of names we recognize there, plus some new ones. Alex Pike is now the academy manager awarded for those Karachi trips. So congratulations and good luck to him. A whole bunch of stuff, but really the the sort of noticeable uh, roles here was Lee Peacock now focusing on the forwards and Gavin Gunning has been, let's be honest, demoted from the first team to become development phase loans manager ensuring that the under 18s get the development and experience they require while out on loan i'm sure everyone's grateful for a job but i imagine gavin gunning's not hugely enthused by that no i'd imagine not especially considering the what he'd have done last season in his caretaker roles and like you say going back down to this level it's one of those jobs where if you have a huge stable of low knees that it, it there is a lot of value there if you have a huge stable of youth players or developmental players that you want to keep track on then it is a useful role to have but I'm not quite sure if we're in that position or not mm. so it does feel a bit like a title to keep him around maybe it's I don't know he's, he still needs to do his badges perhaps maybe it's something to to help with that regard but I think it's fairly clear that he's not Michael Flynn's man and some of the other roles that the I think the sports scientist that's come in is from Michael Flynn's background. So there is a bit of a, maybe a bit more of a preference for Flynn to have his own people in those kind of coaching and in in jobs around the squad. Um, and Gunning's face maybe just doesn't quite fit because, like you say, it is a bit of a step down from what he was doing last year to this one. Yeah, I would say so. And it, hey, he might be elated, but listening to Gunning at the tail end of last season, I'm not so sure. We'll move on to other areas of the club. Jamie Russell is now head of football, so he's replaced Sandra Di but they have 
evolve that title uh, where he will look after the football operations of the club from the academy to the first team. He was on the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge, spoke very well. He is clearly a company man, so uh, good luck to him. Jamie White is the new club secretary and player care manager. Henry Port replaces Dave Rickson as head of media. Good luck to him. Kyla Burns, great name, comes from Dundee United as lead sports scientist. He is a former Flynn employee from the days of Newport County. And then there are roles for Anthony Hall as head of operations and stadium development. Lee Dover is the new stadium manager and Annabella DaCosta is the financial controller. All three of those are Axis employees. I don't know if uh, business is slow in the UK for Axis, um, but they have been drafted in. And, you know, quite significant news, Dave, is that Marcus Cassidy, long-standing head groundsman, has left the club. Uh, we all wish him all the very best. And he's been replaced by Matt Povey, who has joined from Bristol City and he becomes new head groundsman. And I, I do I do think that all of this usually happens in the background. Nobody knows. You see the programme staff list and that's how you find out things. I think Rob Angus is making a point here uh, to list that all the roles that people have been citing as not filled have now been filled. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely a response to that, isn't it? And in part of the kind of the news vacuum that we've had over the last month, that's the kind of that's one of the threads that people hang on to to almost um, beat the club up with, isn't it? With all the all the different gaps behind the scenes and um, what that might mean in terms of how it's being run. So yeah, there is a bit of a ha look, see what we are doing things to that to that note but by the same token it, I guess it is good to it is good to know that these roles are being filled um I think that the one the axes one stood out in so much as them the the, the three individuals being employed by axis um I don't know if that's as controversial as some have made out to be um I think you look at if you t- if you take Swindon Town as being a part of the Axis group, which on paper they are, it's not that unusual that you move individuals and senior managers around within that group if you trust them to to do the role. And you got, I mean, I don't, I've not got my ear to the ground of the construction industry, but I can imagine it's going through some quite tough times at the minute. And we are possibly one of the few clients with a bit of a a drive and a bit of willing to maybe do some infrastructure development and so I'd imagine we probably will be quite a significant chunk of Axis UK's time and focus in the near and immediate future so having senior managers from that company in the football club on a day-to-day basis that must only be a good thing wasn't it? Mm, Yeah I would agree with that I don't think this means you know that suddenly things are going to heat up in terms of the redevelopment of the county ground. But I see this as purely Clem Mulfooney clearly taking a step back from his sort of, from the element of, or from the view of traveling to the UK on a regular basis. So why not have some loyal disciples on the ground um, while you're not around? It, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, no, exactly. It's, that's, it's, it's, it's like a, it's, it was his, it's his stated way he wanted to run the club all along is to have people he trusts in the key roles. And I mean, you could fairly well argue that he tried to do that last year and put put faith in the wrong people to do certain things. Um, but he's putting in on the face of it what are quite specialist people into roles suited to their um, skills. And hopefully they can yeah keep the ship running and and keep it doing doing well I, I don't, like I, like what like what you say i don't think this means that um there's going to be diggers and spades going in tomorrow to start rebuilding but these things will take time to plan and develop don't they and having having that having those people in place um will surely help that yeah absolutely there we go so there's the the admin side done we are steaming through this oh boy <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and and we even waited a day this time. And there's, there's stuff to talk about, but we're hurtling through it. Um, the most recent friendly was a loss at Corsham. However, it was a under 18 side plus Connor Brand in goal. Um, quite a few people went to this. Quite a few Swindon fans were a little bit annoyed because it was listed as a Swindon town side. But usually when we commit to these sort of friendlies but sends the kids, it's a Swindon Town 11, um, which is what they've done in recent adverts for the game against Highworth this weekend. Is this poor form? Do you think there's a possibility they probably were planning to send a senior side? Maybe the pitch or something wasn't to plan. Maybe it was just too soon after Melksham. Um the tickets were reasonable. I think they were about seven quid, but I know a few fans would have wanted to either seen a, a sea of trialists or at least five or six fringe players here. Yeah, the noise is that it was um, the pitch wasn't up to standard, isn't it? And that's um, someone went down a few days before and made the call that we wouldn't risk the, the fitness of the first team squad on the pitch. I think Corsham are a few levels below, even like the likes of Melksham and Supermarine, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there's like, I don't think you can particularly blame them. I think it's just the the reality of, of where they're at, the level. And I think, I mean, it's fair that it's fair that Michael Flynn decided, we did, <laughs> okay, we'll be sensible about this and we won't risk... Um, the fitness of a first team squad you'd feel a bit aggrieved i think if you were one of those youth players who okay we're, we're not going to risk the knees of um romeo hutton or charlie austin but you lot you you can go down there and do the dirty work um i don't know i don't know if i'd have taken that too nicely but um it's i think it's just one of those a bit unfortunate with around the timing i think um i'm sure there's there might have been some kind of fees in place which meant that we the game had to go ahead um and this was just the, the only way to do it i i think they like like you say they have marketed the highworth game as being a swindon town 11 so it looks like they have like taken any feedback on board and it's a bit it's a bit annoying i suppose but it's a pre-season friendly um <laughs> at the end of the day um <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was well, 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 there's, there's a big oh, difference yeah. between, you know, going to watch some 16-year-olds and then going to see the fringes. I mean, Sonny Hart, Jackson Brown, Anton Dwarzak, they, none of them featured. It was your pure under-18s and poor old Connor Brown. Um, and it is poor old, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, say, oh, for God's sake. Um, yeah. Um, no outrage here. I just think... They're probably trying to protect Caution to get people through the door, maybe. Um, it was no doubt going to be a big a big day for them financially. So they got about 800-odd, didn't they, which isn't too bad, all things considered. But quite rare for us to go to Caution Town. So that was interesting, considering... And I do wonder why we don't go to Bath City, we don't go to Chippenham Town unless it's pitch related or they, they're not interested in Swindon going to them. Even Westbury United have climbed up the leagues now and Salisbury's a bit far in fairness. It's sort of quite a distance, isn't it? Until that Stonehenge Road is uh, is, is built. But, but it, it was quite odd that they announced it and then not a surprise to me at all when an under 18s side comes out yeah we don't have the we, we could definitely be doing a lot more in that kind of region couldn't we i don't know how big the bristol city footprint is in that part of the world um and whether 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 clubs try and suck up to them a bit more maybe i don't really know but yeah we could definitely be doing more i mean we were chatting offline the other day weren't we about um like a pre-season friendly in Bath, which would be a, a glorious day out. Um, but we just never seem to uh, travel westwards. No, haven't which... for about 21 years. We haven't played Bath. And I, I think you're right. I think Bath looked towards Bristol um, as opposed to to Wiltshire, Oxfordshire um, for, for their friendlies. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Uh, Horsham, congratulations, you beat the kids. Well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were planning to go to Melksham 
last Saturday. Um, But you were cruelly denied by one hour. Um, (laughs) Makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does. So I had um, I had plans to attend the Rorton Carnival, which um, went for a three o'clock click off. I could manage both, but a two o'clock became uh, unfeasible. Um, I don't know if you've ever attended the Rorton Carnival, but it is um, not quite towards the Notting Hill scale of things and more towards uh, Village Fate scale of things but it was a lovely day out nonetheless although could have seen a 5-0 win yes um i live in bristol and i've not been to saint paul's carnival let alone rawton (laughs) (laughs) people come from far and wide yeah oh really yeah i know it's 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 the social event of the calendar wow clearly yeah because you missed a fundamentally easy 5-0 win at Melksham. Um, Melksham's a lovely setup, but, you know, it always starts with that caveat. But that was probably one of the worst Melksham sides I've seen um, in these friendlies. Uh, it was a big win a few years back, but this was an absolute cakewalk. And it, I deserved it because it was not worth me travelling the way I did. So um, left the house. Um, the trains were on that, not strike, but they weren't doing overtime. Bought my uh, bought my ticket. My return trains instantly cancelled. Um, thought about turning around. Thought about maybe going to Corsham, seeing the the, the logistics. Definitely not going to do that. Instead, dodged a bullet in that respect. And then I thought, you know what? Let's just get there, and then I'll figure it all out. Um, and yeah, forgetting that train station in Melksham is in the other side of the town as well. So it's about 35, 40 minute walk. Great. Got there in good time. Uh, first half um, saw Murphy Mahoney in goal. First time I've seen him. Um, he's very vocal. That's all I can judge him on because he didn't have to do anything in the 62 minutes that he played. Um, it was a 3 5 2. Uh, Blake Tracy, Brewer and Lavinier at the back, Hutton and Shade on the wings with McEachran in that all familiar role. Khan and Kane just ahead and up front was Wakeling and Austin. So just the two goals in the first half. We were knocking on the door for quite a while. And then the first time Hutton crosses into Austin and he scores. And then that was that. Blake Tracy scored an absolute thunderbolt um, shortly afterwards. Did you see it? No, I've not. I've heard about it, though. It sounded like it. Yeah, it sounded amazing. Glorious. And he was probably our best player, I think, that day. Fraser Blake Tracy dictated everything. Um, Definitely the standout. Him and George McEachran definitely stood out for me. Um, Second half. So the first half tactically was far more structured, I would say. Um, They were clearly doing what they were told and just passing the ball around. I know Flynn post-match was saying, we've only been together for 10 days. He just says that every other day now, doesn't he? Soon he'll say, (laughs) we've only been together two years. Um, So bear with us. But um, it was was much more like a league side playing um, a non-league side, but, you know, trying to say disciplined. In the second half, they brought on Tom Clayton, Harvey Fox, Sonny Hart, Jackson Brown, Anton Dworzak, uh, Tommy Adeloy, Ricky Aguilar, and then later um, on came trialist A, trialist B, uh, Danny Gonzalez, brilliant name, make sure he gets a first-year uh, pro at some point, and Josh Keys. I think that's everyone. And... Um, it was just more attacking. There was It was less structure, more uh, let's just go at them. And I think if we played like that over the two halves, we would have beat them about 10, 12 nil. It was relentless. You know, when, when half a team comes off and it's all kids and you just think, oh, Melksham might come back into this now. Melksham got worse. Um, and there were some good cameos. Jackson Brown looks good. Um, the two young guys that came on with half hour to go looked good. Um, trialist A at the back he looked great I hope we sign him more of that later um, and there were goals by Adeloy Shade and Agua. I don't know what all the fuss is about I've seen him score twice at Chipnam once at Malksham and once at Newport he's prolific is that Adeloy sign him up for two more years I say 
there's something about the level of those goals against though isn't there <laughs> uh, silence your mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we um the U- Melksham usually plays quite closely, don't they? And I think they drew with Forest Green the week before. So yeah, they got tonked by Bristol Rovers nine nil, then drew one one against Forest Green. So we we got the but they started we they were tired. They were already tired when they got Lions to us. But, fatigued. Oh, yeah, fatigued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean, you, you just it's just you, there's only so much you can take away from the preseason friendlies, isn't it? It's interesting that we started with a three five two. Um, sorry, I've got some cats fighting next to me. <laughs> Let them fight. I'm not editing it out. So, uh... I don't know if that came across or not. Oh, it very much um, did. I'm, I'm cowering for dear life. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, started with a three-five-two. I guess that's interesting. I don't know if that affects any of the um, any of the work that's going on behind the scenes with recruitment or not. Um, and yeah. Good for Charlie Austin to get his get an early goal, um, and good for a easy run out, no significant injuries. I think Hepburn Murphy's got a knock, hasn't he? Um, but I don't know if that was. Yeah, he didn't play from... against. He didn't play against Melksham, so yeah, he's he's smiling away behind the scenes. I've heard that he is really enjoying his summer, but um, he didn't play in this one. Um, Shade was the curious one. A lot of the ball went to Shade in his in his hour. And he's he got cited by Flynn as there's a football in there's a footballer in there somewhere, which you know I think we can all agree with. And um he was quite frustrating even against Melksham because when he was good, he was great, but when uh, when he was frustrating, he was really frustrating. And it felt like they were gonna keep him on until he scored his goal, which he did do, and he kept him on for a bit longer. And I think they said his the intention was to keep him on for longer but he got his goal and then Aguilar with a lovely finish to finish it off and Aguilar's yeah he's got that he's got that effort in him but he he seems to have lost that spark that we saw when he first joined I don't know what's happened there it just seems to have all gone wrong for him since he signed that longer deal um, I kind of I don't feel exactly the same about Jake Wakeling because obviously we're just two games into preseason, but he looked so fatigued in his first half, and he had a goal disallowed, and I kind of felt really bad for him because he, he looked he tried so hard, but he wasn't getting any joy against a slack Melksham team. But um, I'm sure it's not the same. But Ricky Aguilar just yeah, he just doesn't seem to have kicked on for whatever reason. And if we are to keep him, I do hope Flynn can get something from him because well we'll talk about squad size and what we need a bit later I'm sure but it's it's a shame that that hasn't worked out as well as we thought it would yeah last season just everything took a step backwards in his development didn't it um and it's hard to really I mean looking at it from the outside it's hard to really put a finger on why I don't know if a part of it I don't know if a part how much of it is um inflated expectations because of the way he played when he came into the side and how much of that was benefited by the fact that he came into a side which was kind of humming and in really good form. And it's a lot easier to step in to a side performing that way than it is on a more disjointed level that we would were last year and different managerial team and different styles of play, etc. And I don't know, you hear, you hear stories all the time, don't you, where, I mean every other player interview that you seem to do, every bad run of form can be attributed almost to just not being there mentally or not having the trust of a manager and everything kind of snowballing. And so you don't know what kind of, whether that's to play or whatever it is, but it's kind of, there was a lot of faith put in him last season with that three-year contract. So someone somewhere saw um, an asset in, in Ricky Aguilar um, but it's just not it's not quite worked yet. And I don't know if it's there's another loan move in the pipeline for this year um, with a view to seeing if he can kick on and push on and come back stronger. Because he's still, I mean, he's still under contract for this season and next, isn't he? So if we can get him, if we can get him developed and get him uh, progressed, then we can only benefit. Because I think there is a player there. There is... Um, there is talent. It's just putting it all together, and he seems to not be able to have done that 
too mm. frequently of late. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Well, he's hoping for him. Uh, Lewis Ward came on for half hour again. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He didn't have to do anything at all. He's just got that assuring build for a goalkeeper. I haven't changed my tune on Lewis Ward, but but Mahoney does not look like a goalkeeper. He looks like an outfield player wearing a goalkeeper kit. So I need to see him under pressure, and we'll we'll see more of that as preseason unfolds. The Lewis Ward situation is bizarre. It's quite clear that there's still something going on with the Sutton release and Swindon trying to get him back because he doesn't need a trial. He's got his own squad number. 44 was his number before he joined Swindon and took the 12. So, you know, you can they can word it all they want. They can say, oh, he's working hard to try and earn a deal all they want. But clearly, if they can get whatever they need to rectify the issue with Sutton, if there is one, I say, you know, um, then he will re-sign and become our second goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's just it's bizarre, isn't it? There's, I don't know what's what's going on in the background. I think I don't know. You hear? I mean, we're going to come on to it, but the budget might not be completely as there might not be as much room in the budget as we may necessarily want. And with that in mind, I'd question the priority of signing a second choice keeper. Um, or a like a, a senior second choice keeper, should I say, and whether that could be used elsewhere, which obviously, I mean, it's not nice for Lewis Ward. I think he's perfectly adequate as a second choice keeper, but if you've only got a limited number of funds and you, the the goalkeeper loan market is, there's loopholes aplenty to bring people in if you need them. Yeah. Is, is that money better? Better, better focused elsewhere. I don't know. Maybe yeah. unless the uh, Swindon Air Ambulance are funding it. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want to take the signage down, do we, in the county <laughs> ground uh, to keep in the wall. Um, right. Um, no, I get the budget side of things. And we've played that game uh, with the one solid, you know, number one choice last year. And we can roll that dice again next. And and it, it might have the same impact. We might have Mahoney get injured early on. We don't know. But the last time we were printing the trialists number out was for Anthony Grant. And we signed him and we were specifically given this guy the number 44 shirt. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that they want him. But because he'd, he'd rock up somewhere else as well. So there must be some sort of registration issue with Sutton. Um, and somebody is is blaming somebody else and the other side are blaming them. So it, it's got to be something like that. Um, Anthony Grant's back on trial at Crawley. He's done it again where he's been released and now he's uh, he's turned up. Do you reckon he just turns up and they just go, do you know what? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, if he if he was at the fun fair the, this week, I'm sure he would have been in a Swindon shirt on the... Uh, on the dodgems or whatever. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> you can't keep a good man down. You cannot keep a good man down, Dave. And here's hoping we see him again. Um, absolutely love his extended career. He's, 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 he does it right. Take a few months off, join a club, turn up again. Brilliant. With Ian Dole, Ian Dole's going to put it in. He puts it towards the back post, headed in. There you go. One nil from the dear me. Absolutely unbelievable. Let's talk about Jordan Moore-Taylor. So against Melksham, he was all right. He was pretty good. Um, if we recorded the evening of the Melksham game, I'd say sign him up. He looked um, confident on the ball. He looked like a player who has played all his career in League One, League Two. Fine. And everything went quiet. We heard that Flynn said he was hopeful of a signing in the coming days, whether or not that was Jordan Moore Taylor or not, we'll never know. Um, but a few days have turned to almost a week now and, and no uh, signings have been made since Mahoney joined on loan. And Jordan Moore Taylor has left Swindon and rejoined the club that he was leaving, Forest Green Rovers. So it's pretty clear here that 
he wasn't wanted or didn't like the management of Duncan Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson left and lo and behold, he's got a new deal with Forest Green Rovers. So I think if you want my personal opinion, there's been a little bit of uh, playing the system here by Moore Taylor, where he's said to Swindon, he's interested, local, keeps him fit, plays a couple of friendlies. If all is well and Swindon have got the money, he joins Swindon. However, if Forest Green come back in, off he goes. So it's win-win for Jordan Moore Taylor. Before we get to the reaction, that's got to be it, hasn't it, Dave? Uh, I mean, it's it seems very it's very logical what you say, isn't it? And I think that pretty much is that it's the most straightforward explanation. I'm sure if we had put forward a number large enough, then he would have possibly not waited to see the outcome of whatever happened with Duncan Ferguson, but that didn't materialise. We obviously, based based on taking Flynn's comments at face value, we we valued him at a certain amount. He was happy to sit and wait and see what happened um, based on that offer, and he's decided to go back to Forest Green for the for the reasons you explained. It would have been yeah. would have been nice to. I think on on paper, he's the kind. It would be the kind of profile of signing that would have made sense and would have been a good one to get in through the door. But I think with those ones, you you are kind of a bit at the whim of what the what the individual wants. So I don't put too much blame on the club for the way that that one turned out. Yeah, I guess the thing that you'd be looking at is you have yourself here, a 29-year-old defender who's got a good record in terms of his fitness or something like... 260 odd league games at league one or league two level, including captain, captain, captaining Forest Green Rovers to the league two title. And it, it's kind of understandable that some fans have said, this isn't a trial player. This is someone you sign, you know, and that's where maybe budget comes in because if you've got the opportunity and I'm not saying that, this guy was the next coming of Colin Calderwood, but he was worth probably a contract offer based on his previous, if if the budget allowed. Yeah, no, that's a yeah, that's a completely fair view. Um, I guess it goes back to that point of you don't know what um, what his demands were. <laughs> he might the trial the the, the the trial. I mean. It's a bit of a cliche. It's a cliche they give about job interviews. It's a, it's an opportunity to for you to learn about the company. Um, the trial might have just, just as much for him to learn more about the football club, um, mm-hmm. or being a bit more cynically, as you said, um, to keep his fitness up mm-hmm. um, and keep and kind of almost string us along um, before before going running back to Forest Green. But at least Forest Green got some nice social media content out well. there. That seems to be for Forest Green, doesn't it? <laughs> Crikey, they're getting enough publicity at the moment, but well, so the announcement for those who aren't on social media, the, the young lad that is in control of their, their media um, decided there's a rivalry, I think, or had done quite fairly their due diligence and research and realise it's very easy to wind Swindon Town fans up because he he used a Swindon Town badge which had been replaced by a Forest Green and made it look like Swindon Town had this transfer in the bag or that we'd offered him terms and he'd rejected us or something like that. But yeah, the, the, the rhetoric of unlucky Swindon, we've gone in back, was, was very much the vibe of this. And well... Forest Green Rovers fans, the handful that are active uh, on social media, they loved it. And so did Port Vale and Walsall fans <laughs> for some, some lovely reason. Um, who didn't like it was a very loud, grumpy element of Swindon fans that kind of tipped them over the edge for the week, this one, didn't it? Yeah, we do have a very large, loud, grumpy uh, element on social media. Who and are... we've been a part of that in over <laughs> history. You know, we, 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 you know, we get a bee in our bonnet. We're not holier than thou. Mm-hmm. This summer we haven't done it because 
we shrug our shoulders and we see i think you know, I, i'm not worried i'm not i'm not like seething but i'm not optimistic which we'll get to but this this these actions by the forest green media guy really um gave gave the grumpy bums a real opportunity to vent yeah yeah it was and um vent they will and did and will do until something happens so as it stands 14th of july we're on friday so presumably there'll be nothing over the weekend but of course there's going to be trialists at Swansea. We know that there's been somebody photographed at the, in the background that we don't recognise. So we know there's going to be trialists at Swansea. We've got Swansea behind closed doors. A great opportunity to get to have a look at some players. We've got Bristol City behind closed doors. And then we've got Paul Cadizis. I'll never be able to say it. We've got Hereford um, coming up all in due course. So things are happening in terms of playing. And... Flynn will want bodies through the door, even if it's try this, because he won't want to be getting the players too fatigued, will he? Now, I understand that people said that for Supermarine, people said that for Melksham, and it might not be the case still, but yeah, we just got to be patient. And I'm going to go through some numbers in just a moment about what's happening in League Two generally, but there is a big difference between signing players for the sake of it and getting the right ones in. Now, I think there's an element to that and that's what the club will pedal. But you cannot tell me, Dave, that we're just biding our time. We are we are losing players. It's probably budgetary. And um, these things happen, don't they? They do. And we've been... The, the season starts in three weeks' time and the squad has the same gaps in it and the same everything, identifiable gaps that we've known about since probably March. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I appreciate that there's been changes behind the scenes and Sandro went and the head of recruitment went and is now back again and managerial changed. But you'd hope that there would have been some kind of planning and we'd have been able to get some people through the door. Um, it's a hard one because I, there's one part of me going in four weeks time, we could have signed five or six players and this argument will be this completely moot. But the other part of me is just worried a bit, I think, because the nature of the kind of players that we need in the squad, those, the bit, the, the main gaps for me outstanding are, a commanding centre back and a commanding central midfield, and those are those are like your your tone setters almost on the pitch, and the value you get from bringing them in and embedding them, you get that in a in the preseason when you that's where that's where the the camaraderie gets built, that's where the team spirit gets built, that's where all of that all that happens, and we've missed that window now, um, and I'm not that, that's not to say we can't bring those kind of characters in later in the transfer window and they can't have an effect, but it just becomes that bit more difficult to do, I think. Um, and it's just a bit bum twitchy. I mean, it's, I think part of the issue as well is the, well, I say, I say issue in the sense of getting bum twitchy. It's the, the lack of or perceived lack of trialists that we might have, like looking back to 2019, um, we had, so like Lloyd Isgrove didn't sign for us until I think the Wednesday before the first game of the season, but he'd been on trial with us since about now. So mm -hmm. mid July and was playing preseason friendlies for us. And we don't have that kind of character in yet. And it will just, I'm sure it's not, I'm, well, I'm absolutely certain that there will be work going on behind the scenes to identify targets and that things might be a bit more difficult in the in the financial sense than um powers that be might have thought back in april when they're coming out with statements saying that we'll have a promotion chasing budget and we've learned the mistakes of our we've learned the mistakes of the past and we'll get them right and we'll make sure that we've got a balanced squad of young and old um but at the minute they're not 
not no. doesn't there's nothing visible that appears to be on course to address any of that at the moment yeah i think i think i think it's it's budgetary and i don't know what swindon's budget is but i think you know as a league two side that finished in mid table last year we the players that we want will be wanted by five six seven eight other sides and all it takes is one side to have a better budget than than swindon and sometimes it's it, it might be more and we're maybe relying on players that you know your tom clayton's of the world will join swindon for a certain amount if first team football is there because they sat in an academy for too long didn't have any and, and many loan spells and will go to swindon because they will be in the squad or at least on the bench but for players that aren't coming out of the academy system they don't care that you know, Swindon, where Swindon's located, they care about two, three-year deals on as much money as possible because they're lower league footballers. And there's no guarantee that they'll get higher than what they're getting. So Mansfield will be, you know, more attractive. Grimsby could be more attractive if the money is there. And I just I just think it's budgetary. I think we're probably, Mike, Michael Flynn knows the level. He knows the sort of players that's needed. It's just he's got to sell the club on more than just wage. And, and that is going to be an issue. And then, therefore, we might be <laughs> prisoners of geography, um, which I think is a nonsense because players will join wherever. I've, you know, Plymouth have always taken players down from Scotland. You know, Carlisle have always brought players in. It, it makes no difference where you're based. We are in a prime location and I've talked to people in football about this and Swindon couldn't be in a better place in the south of England in terms of catchment but I just I just think it's budgetary and we have to deal with that as, as Swindon fans we will bring players in will be they be our first target we don't know I know a lot of people have cited Owen Doyle and Anthony Grant arriving late in in um in what year was that 1415 is that no 1915 1920 sorry uh 1920 but we had such a squad assembled at that point they were the icing on the cake sure Doyle and Doyle's run was just once in a generation stuff you 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 know we weren't racing ahead of the league two titles so his goals were absolutely key but you can't expect every centre forward to have a Doyle run that that's crazy we we've, we've not seen anything like it since Harry Morris for crying out loud. But I, I just think it's budgetary going back on topic. I just think we cannot compete with maybe five, six, seven, eight teams at this level. And, you know, we're seeing teams lose players in League Two to non-league at the moment. So it's it's something that we have to deal with if we haven't got a huge budget. It might be competitive. It might be. But if it's on par with everyone else, then we've got to do more and we've got to sell this club. And so part of the, or part of the issue that's touted is the, so much of our budget is tied up in backup players, isn't it? Or players that aren't good enough that we need to shift on. Um, and I guess that hangs around us. I don't know how much the, the running costs of the ground will factor into that budgetary discussion. Um, and whether that's just a new reality that we have to get used to now, where uh, great we own we own this ground, but if we want to make it better, then that's going to cost money, and that's going to cost money that we're not going to be spending on the eleven on the pitch. Um, mm. Either way, it doesn't make for um, exciting thinking, does it? No, and and these are issues that all or most clubs have as well. I'm I'm saying just in terms of what budget there is for players regardless of all the other elements of running a football club i just don't think it's it, i think it's quite clear it's not up there um probably mid table sort of stuff and i'm not angry about that i'm not disappointed about that i'm realistic about it but i think that's what we generally have to be realistic because that again I talk to people in this industry. I talk to people who are currently managers. I talk to people that have been managers. You do not go into the mid-July wanting just one player through the door. You just yeah. don't. 
you you yeah. don't there's 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 no there's no like oh yeah but there there is absolutely no way yeah you hang on for the, your main person but you still want four or five people through and i i i trust these people i trust these people because they work in the industry um i wanted to run down some figures because you know we, we've been trying to fans have been trying desperately to just you know do the perspective thing you know and i was just curious and I haven't been able to go deep into this, so forgive me. I have used data that's on Wikipedia, and the nerds on Wikipedia do generally a good job in updating it. But some of the some of the figures won't be exactly right. But it gives you a good idea of where we are. So, in terms of squad size, including uh, first year pros, so people like Anton Dworzak, um, there are only five clubs with less players than us. And that's Newport County, who have only got one less player, Barrow, Morecambe, Crew, and Sutton, who, looking at the list, have only got 12 players, um, but they've signed seven. Uh, Swindon are only one of two sides who haven't brought in a permanent signing yet. The other team being Accrington Stanley, who don't appear to have signed anybody, and I have checked their website on that. And with one of just two sides that have brought just one player in, the other team being Wrexham, uh, but Wrexham have a squad of 29. So they're, they're doing okay. Uh, in terms of players leaving, we're around about mid-table in terms of players we've lost. Um, we are we we haven't lost as nearly as many as other sides have. We've lost nine players, um, which is which is there's not many teams that have lost less than that. Uh, Crew, Doncaster, Harrogate, Notts County, uh, Stockport, I think have only lost one or two, Mansfield, maybe. So the squad isn't as big and ready maybe as we're, we're trying to kid ourselves. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I'm still relaxed about it. I still, you know, think we can put out a team on, on the first day. If, if something crazy happened, like we didn't sign anyone else, which is absolutely not going to happen. But, but other teams this year just seem to have assembled squads last season considerably. Yeah, it's that. So yeah, we uh, your point about we can put a team out. We can, I think we can put a team out, but we can put a team out that was mid table. Yeah, best last year, and without without its top scorer, and arguably best player from last year either. And is is Michael Flynn alone worth an extra fifteen points compared to the managers that we had last year? I don't necessarily think he is with that with the same squad of players so we definitely do still need to get quite a quite some I think we still we still it's not just that we're short of faces I think we're short of faces in key areas which is the worry because I, I agree you can you can bolster squads I think later on in the day yeah but it's it's just nicer to have those those key pieces in place sooner rather than later you want year 11 pretty much yeah. asap and then and then build from there i get that what do you think dave is is the squad the desired squad size so including loans what do you think considering that the, the benches are bigger now what do you think if every player is fully fit what do you think the acceptable size of a squad is it's usually in the i'd say it's about around 24 22 to 24 Okay, so um, ten teams in this division already have twenty-four players. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> Doncaster yes, have like thirty odd. It's crazy, but you know, some of them are kids. But and and some of these that all of these stats include first-year pros. So you know, they're not they're never going to play for, for their first team probably, but they are contracted. So they so I've counted them. So twelve teams have twenty-three or more. So half the half the division are almost there. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, 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 this what, it's that thing I was saying either way. It could, it might even be by Monday that this is a completely new argument. And, and <laughs> I completely agree. You have one of those days where five players sign over two days, and yeah. jobs a good one. But the rumor mill isn't spinning. That it doesn't churn as much oh, as it used to, does it? No, and it's some of the. I think some of the the language that Flynn uses is in his conferences as well, where he sounds, dare I say, downbeat about the prospects of bringing people in as well. It just doesn't 
doesn't do much to excite, does it? There's not. And I, I know I'm not saying like I don't. I don't necessarily think Christmas and you know, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think excite is is fair. But I don't think he's going to hide his his disdain if things aren't going well. I think he's going to tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to sugarcoat things, and he yeah. isn't sugarcoating things. Yeah, um, and maybe that feeds into some of the kind of the the slant and the takes as well. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm happy that we're at the stage now of the season where Swindon will get tested. Um, we've had a sort of obligatory, there you go, Supermarine, there you go, Melksham. But now Swindon can go to Swansea and get a good run out, concede some goals, be be attacked, you know, and the same, the same at Bristol City and hopefully the same with Hereford because they're a National League North side. Um, so I, I, I'm really looking forward to see what the coming days bring in terms of those games and and also and also the transfer market because like I said I'm not down on it at all I'm I'm I think I feel like I'm realistic and I I don't know what I can't remember what the club have said you know they will sugarcoat everything as they are expected to do um but you know if it's budgetary it's budgetary we can we we can risk the club to put in an extra X amount of money just so we could sign someone you've heard of, you know, we, it's just not worth the risk. Maybe if the club did come out and say, look, you know, money's tight and these are the reasons why, then the fan base might just understand and just get behind the team that season ticket sales are, are pretty good considering how poor last season was. So, you know, I don't know. And obviously I might be completely wrong, but there's no way on earth the plan was to get to mid July right now and have just one player through the door. No. Um, and the point around um, like the, the, the sustainability of the spending, that's absolutely the fair one. And it's absolutely the correct one. I guess the challenge to that, would be that all vast majority of those season tickets were sold in April, May, June, when the promises were we'll have a competitive budget mm. and be challenging they them at the top of the league. Said and that the year before, though, and what what's the chief exec going to say? And and it was it was written within the comfort of a program. You know, it wasn't. There was no roadshow this summer or last summer. It's been very much relying on the good faith of the fans i think i don't i, I don't think the season ticket sales would have would have be suffered had rob angus not published that i think we'd be exactly the same position now probably yeah that's fair i, I guess think it's... so but yeah it's, it's an easy thing for us to go and 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 state next summer if we have a bad season 100% but i i i bought a season ticket because I could afford it and I'm a Swindon fan and I'm finally able to go on a, on a weekly or every other week basis. I've not been able to do that. I really enjoy doing it, but it's not because Swindon win every week, clearly. (laughs) And it's not because Charlie Austin's there. It's not because anyone's there. It's because I'm, I'm a Swindon town fan. And I think, you know, the, the number of season ticket holders that we've got probably think the same, you know, it's, it's habit. It's love. Just please be a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's all very valid and fair points. It's it's just the risk that if if it doesn't materialise and if things don't materialise, be as competitive as they can be, then it's, it's we we warned against it last year, didn't we? And I think to be fair, we probably were proved wrong with how the attendance is kept up. But you just have to think that you'll keep the, the core support um but the the additional thousands will they last forever for not for 27 pounds they no, exactly will. so so yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes um i mean there's a lot's been said there and i i, I don't want it to be interpreted as a, as a rant because it absolutely isn't and, no, th- no, no. and things you know players will sign they may not be someone you've heard of they might be someone you wanted but they will sign 
um, and hopefully Flynn will be happy with those. Um, what's the hope for the week then? Good runouts, couple signings, smiles on yeah, faces. I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah, some com- competitive, competitive performances. No, no real injury. There isn't. Yeah, you know, maybe one or two through the door. Nice. Yeah, and yeah, happy. And this week the kit launch was was themed due to a fun fair being at the county ground site this week um kind of makes me relieved that something else wasn't on what, could, do they do any other events at the county ground which could have like do they have a butcher's market which <laughs> they do um they do have a car boot sale on sunday oh, morning so they could i think that's something to consider next year maybe have um fraser blake tracy flogging his wares out the back of a ford cortina I'll be there for it. I'll I'll be there for it and I'm all for it. Dave, that was lovely. Thank you very much. No worries. The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.